uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud. One of our main focuses here at UC Today has been on communication and collaboration security, as it's an area that we feel is often neglected. CenturyLink are specialists in providing technology services to businesses and consumers alike, including connectivity and telephony. So security is a critical factor for them. Today I am joined by Bryn Norton, who is their Director for Solutions Architecture and Security for the EMEA. Bryn is an expert in this field and I caught his seminar at UC Expo, which I thought was particularly fascinating. So just for you, I've got him onto the pod to discuss it in a bit more detail. I started by asking Bryn to take me through the main theme from his seminar, which was called Overcoming Threat Fatigue Using Threat Intelligence. Have a listen. One of the journeys around going on uh, with UC in collaboration is that you open up your world, arguably you adopt more IoT devices, arguably you open up your business to the internet at a greater pace and a greater rate, well with that becomes a change in risk profile, that you change your attack landscape, how are you beginning to map that, how, how are you responding to that as an organization, and how are you mitigating any potential change in risk. And I'm not, I'm not saying don't do it, by the way, it, it, it's about how do you have that holistic thought process. So when you map that back to the delegates, one of the things that we were definitely seeing was, right, I want to adopt or change an element of my UCNC strategy. However, I know I need to adjust other components in my world to support that. And so we were seeing a lot more of those broader conversations, which is great. Because you know, one, one of you know one of my personal pet hates is this this concept of shelfware, where someone's going to adopt a new technology because it's the latest shiny thing, and not really thought about the ecosystem that it's got to interact with. So it's good to see that acknowledgement from the market. No, that's really interesting, and that's what, so that is something I wanted to come on to in terms of you were one of the speakers at UC Expo, and and that is often, especially from a. Not I was going to say a consumer, but from, from an end user perspective, the, the, the security implications around the changing landscape of unified comms and, and even more so, I think, in collaboration technology, you're absolutely right. It, it's probably being driven by end users and departments within organizations. And the people that have to pick up the pieces are the, the, the probably the former, you know, communication staff and the IT staff. And the logistical staff who have to ensure, first of all, security and compliance and, and deployment success. Yes, it's, it's an interesting thing. So it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an element, just, just, just play back something you, you, you mentioned there, this concept of picking up. And is how sometimes one of the things you see is that security becomes an afterthought of a discussion and what was nice about what we saw again is that, is that bit that it's not seen as an afterthought it's seen as something going hand in hand so if you start looking at um how we how, we, how we're trying to engage from a CenturyLink perspective and just taking it back to our world something we can begin to illustrate it quite well is, is saying as, as you go on that journey around the ucnc piece and that's one of the reasons we like the best execution venue concept is that we're going to bring this technology of CenturyLink into your organization based on your business requirements. Let us work with you to help understand what is the impact of the network? What is the impact to your security stance? And more importantly, what is the impact to your users? Because that concept of picking up also can be one of user consumption. So we've seen a lot of instances where technology deployments have failed because you haven't taken the users on that journey with you. 
Yeah, completely. If that, if that makes sense. Turning it around a little bit. but No, no completely. User adoption is, is critical, isn't it? And, and I suppose, again, from a central perspective, you guys have to be conscious that when I used to work in a traditional office, and I was potentially quite a cavalier and, and dangerous employee, although I probably shouldn't put that on recording, in terms of I, I don't really care about the, the, the security of a solution. All I want to do is... If I have a meeting, a virtual meeting with a customer, I want to, or an opportunity to communicate with someone, I want to go into a room, you use that solution, be able to communicate, collaborate, whatever that might be. I'm not really conscious of whether I'm firstly compliant or secure or the data mm. I'm sharing secure. So that's something, isn't it, for, for partners like you guys and the deployment staff to worry about, as, as you said, just ensuring that the end users are only concerned about having a, you know, a seamless, easy to use experience. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The key, the key thing you've mentioned is easy to use. You know, if you look at uh, video technology, that's been around for many years, many, many years. But you know, how how long has it really been easy to use and easy to consume? Uh, you know, one of the things I, I spent a lot of time talking about. Uh, I was over in Switzerland um, last week chatting about it, is the concept of security is not just about confidentiality, it's about integrity and access. It's those three components coming together and, and the center to that is the user and the user experience. So from a security perspective, you have to ensure that you're not prohibitive. You don't want to be the naysayer. You want to be the enabler. So you start getting to this world where it's privacy by design, where everybody comes along on that same journey. And again, without sounding overtly repetitive, I think that's one of our skill sets here. Because from a, from a from a from a way we're positioned in the marketplace, because of the way that we've built out our architecture uh, as a global uh, as a, as a true global company, Centrelink has the ability to build security and UCC into every component as a customer moves through that customer journey with us, and that then becomes quite powerful. From your perspective, you're a specialist in this field. You guys at Centrelink are experts in this. What are, and I'm conscious that the outcome, again, it tends to be the first answer in this, but what are the main areas for, for organizations and businesses to consider when they are potentially looking at a relatively daunting, especially with collaboration? You know, it's new, everyone's talking about it, they're not sure, you know, how it will necessarily benefit their business. But what are the first mm -hmm. things to consider in terms of compliance and security and, and making sure those solutions are not endangering the organization or the data that they hold or their customer base in any way? Wow. That, 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 go, go with a nice, easy question. Yeah, no, I thought I, <laughs> I thought I really stitched you up here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Let me carve that up into a few different areas because I don't think there's one answer. But it's more about a process that you go through. So the first thing is to understand what are you trying to protect? What is actually important to your organization? So we see, roughly speaking, 10% of all IT budgets, roughly speaking, I'm using a, a broad rule here, is spent on security. And you, you could argue because, um, that that spend is not necessarily focused always on the right things. We don't, one of the things we tend not to do naturally, we try to protect everything, but actually what we should be thinking about, well, what do we want to zone in on? What data is actually important to our organization? What are we actually trying to protect? And then focus in on that and build a strategy around that. So that, that's the first bit. When you're going through that daunting piece of saying, wow, I want to go on this journey, that's, that's, that's to me is always the first place to start. Take a step back. What exactly do you want to protect? What is actually important to your organization? And double down on that bit. The next bit is then saying, is trying to get an understand of 
what does my perimeter look like? How are users going to interact with my world? Do I want to offer BYOD? Bring your own device. There's nothing wrong with BYOD. It's a great, great motivator for staff. It's a great way of, uh, of making your organization easy to work with with your internal users. But if I'm going to go down the route of BYOD, how does that affect my attack service? How do I adjust that? Maybe I want to look at CYOD, where you choose your own device. I provide you a catalog. So it's about taking pragmatic decisions about understanding what your data is, where you want to, and how you, so where your data is, where your perimeter is, how are your users going to interact? And, we, and again, we can help customers on that journey. And then when you start looking at, right, so I've understand the sort of the stance, the, the proactive stance I want to take as far as security is concerned, as I initiate that program, you then begin to look at saying, right, what does that actual journey look like? I, I, and I see too many customers get fixated by the end goal. And the key thing about here is about breaking the technology down into consumable chunks that you don't give yourself too much of a daunting program and project. So again, it's about that journey concept. And then once you've completed that journey and you've adopted the technology and empowered your users, because I'm a strong believer that collaboration is an empowerment tool from an organization and does make us a lot more effective, is making sure you, 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 you're constantly looking back to understand how those users continue to interact with the network and how you as an organization with this new attack surface that's changed is interacting with the outside world. And that to me is, you know, leading you a little bit back here, sir, is that's where, that's where the threat intelligence piece becomes really key, is, is actually getting that proactive, actionable information fed back into your organization so you can make effective business decisions and tune as you go along. Well, as, as much as I realize I, I stitched you up with that question, I, I thought that, that was actually a really good answer. And it's something that, especially the considering what the most vital aspect of of your business is to protect it is something that i hadn't really considered you think of security as a holistic thing and in terms mm -hmm. of your 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 speech that you, and, and you touched on it there in, in terms of the, the threat intelligence what what's sort of the, the philosophy around that yeah, I, I think i think there's there's, there's there's a couple of things first so the, the first thing and I, and I customers do struggle with this is when you start looking at security it's not necessarily about buying more or spending more or consuming more it's about looking at what you've got in place today and making sure that it's aligned with your organization. So if you go to some of the security shows, there'll be rooms and rooms full of people saying, I can sell you threat intelligence. I've got some stuff you want to consume. Now, the real important thing about intelligence in any uh, realm or any, or any operational world is that it's only really effective if it's mapped to your organization and understands whom you are. If it doesn't, it's just it's, it's information, but it's not actually truly actionable. So, so the bit where we 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 were focusing on on the talk was first of all is if you've got shelfware and it's creating noise, switch it off. It's just it's just adding confusion to your world. You know, everybody's saying everybody everybody's telling everybody it's all bad. It's all the you know the viruses are out there. We all know that. We we we're all grown ups. We all understand the risks are opposed to us. So the trick is to reduce the noise, focus on information which is actually actionable, which you can use to make the right decisions within your organization. Be that, look at the, what we've got, we've got a service called the Central Link Adaptive Threat, uh, Threat Intelligence, where we will take a customer's IP ranges 
and we will map that to the outside world and we will be able to tell them near real time whether or not they're interacting with bad actors or not. And what that allows them to do is then make effective decisions, right, these are the alerts I want to focus on. This is where I want my finite team to double down on and drive an outcome. It, it's, all and, about, it's all about that more logical process management, isn't it? Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and, it's, and it's making do with what we've got. You know, IT budgets aren't increasing. All that's happening is that you're under, under more compression, more pressure to do more things especially in the digital economy. So how do you do more with less and how do you do it intelligently is very much what, what, what we're trying to focus on. And, and the other thing is, and just so I think this is a really good example, is actually doing the basics well. So if you look at the WannaCry outbreak, which is obviously very well publicized uh, is last summer. got the NHS? Yeah, I, it's predominantly the UK, uh, the, uh, not UK, sorry, Ukraine is started. But yes, there are some instances, I believe, in some of the uh, medical uh, establishments were, were hit by it, but it was the ran it was the wave of ransomware. Oh right, okay. yeah, yeah. And there was two waves that went through. One was called Wanna uh, Wanna Cry, and one was called No Petra. So if if you look at the, the Wanna Cry and No Petra uh, outbreaks, um, yes, the, the Windows vulnerability. Now, but the really interesting thing when you start looking at the DNA of how they actually occurred is that Microsoft released a critical update, and it was marked a critical update for Windows 60 days before the WannaCry outbreak. So what does that tell us? That tells us, arguably, there's not effective patch management going on. Because had effective patch management of those been occurring, the impact for WannaCry would have been... Yeah, and absolutely. Null and void. Yeah. and what, what's the advice on doing patch management? You know, it's at least once a month, isn't it? And 60 days, you know, you're effectively looking at not having updated anything <sighs> for two months. Yeah, well, yeah, and some, and I, and I mean, the, the whole patch management piece, it, it depends on the organization, it depends on the application, the platform, how you want to validate it, how do you, how do you beta test, how do you, how do you roll out, roll out, um, roll out the different ways of doing things. Now, that in itself changes from different organizations, but fundamentally what it talks to is that getting those basics right because you know of a vast majority of nearly 60% of the security incidents that occurred within 20 so more than 60% of those that occurred in 26, uh, 2017 had been known for for more than a six-month window so there was that time to react there from a, from a customer's perspective if you as you said if, if you were doing the basics right well if you're doing the basics right but also we have to be cognizant of the fact that a lot of noise is being created at the same time and this goes back to that whole, that whole dialogue around threat fatigue. You know, we, we're all consuming so much information near real time. Sometimes, how do you know about which, what, what's the effective way to look? So, and that, that's one of the things we're looking to try and help customers with. No one is being poor in their job, poor in their work. It, it, it is a symptom of this digital economy, this digital age. You know, near real time, floods of information, logs so on and so forth how do we manage that we're only human absolutely and in such a rapidly changing market it, it, it's 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 really difficult to, to manage it and, and keep up as well especially when you're adding new platforms and and whole new potential business angles if people haven't been you know using collaboration technology or they've been using mm -hmm. traditional uc tools now you're looking at cloud uc tools and cloud collaboration tools you know people aren't 
people have to have to learn how to how to look after these systems. Yeah, absolutely, and it goes back to sort of, you know another concept which which we, I, I get involved with quite a lot is about how to fail fast, how to adopt technology, use it, find out if it works, whether or not it doesn't. You know, how do you test technology? And again, it all goes back to digital transformation and agility, which which are well known subjects. You know, some of it's been talked out there for many years now, uh, but again, it just continues to grow and mature. Absolutely. Well, Brett, I realise we could go on all day, but first of all, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. That was really fascinating. No uh, it's been very pleasurable and it's been good fun. Really interesting chat with Bryn there, and it certainly did make me think of security in a new way. I don't think we can overstate how important it is with the ongoing rise of collaboration solutions particularly. Also, a big thanks to Centrelink for participating, and if you want to know more about them, head to our website at uctoday.com and search for Centrelink. Also, there was big news this week for the Out Loud podcast, as we were finally approved for Spotify. So if you know a friend with an Android phone, tell them about the podcast, and I will be very grateful. I will also be very grateful if you subscribe and leave a review, as that really helps improve the podcast. In the meantime, though, thanks for listening.